0: Blog Talk Radio.
1: Welcome everyone to Wide Men Can't Jump, it's episode 107 and we are live as we always are. I'm Nate and joining me as always from uh, the Great White North, the crankiest Canadian you'll ever meet, Tim Dombro. <laughs>
2: Good day, you Hoser Hoffs, and uh, how's it going tonight? <laughs> <Nate? laughs>
1: you love give You love just giving hell to the Hoffs,
2: don't you? I love the Hoffs, and they love me, and it's all good. I'm glad it's somebody good. loves you. Plenty of people love me. They're just all over the age of thirty-five. That's all. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, because they're
1: because their memory shot.
0: Yeah. Anyway.
1: you. Screw
2: you, yes, yes. I, I hear that Screw a Screw you, I dedicate the top ten to you as of this moment. Well, since
1: we've already brought it up, let's go ahead to it this week. Before we go to our intro, we'll go ahead and just roll with the Wide Men Can't Jump weekly top ten. Let's hear it.
2: Tonight's top ten is brought to you from the home office in Dick Shooter, Idaho, and from the Bruce Polbans Museum of the Absurd. It's the top know. ten things never overheard at a Wide Men Can't Jump production meeting. Oh,
0: number ten.
2: I think we're being a little harsh on the 76ers. <laughs> at number nine. Let's do a Markel Fultz retrospective. <laughs> at number eight. Ed Bogus is a self-pretentious dickwad. Oh. At number seven. Make sure you order those cast coats two sizes too big. At number six Timberwolves NBA champions At number five God I wish we would have done a baseball show (laughs) At number four You shut up Jimmy Butler is a mentor For young players (laughs) At number three What are you talking about James Harden doesn't travel At number two Did you see LeBron play that pressure D last night And at number one the number one thing overheard, never overheard, why a YBK Jump production meeting. Man, we got way too many donuts in here. <laughs> <laughs> What's the budget
0: this week? Did we get a band? <laughs> <laughs> when That's did we get the, a band? <laughs>
2: That's the uh, Wide Men Can't Jump primetime player, Snake.
0: <laughs> That's kind of
1: <laughs> You're listening to Wide Men Can't Jump on the Wide Men Radio Network located at BlogTalkRadio.com/slash Wide Men Can't Jump. This show is brought to you by the Law Offices of Stephen P. New at newlawoffice.com, stripcamfund.com, Atomic Comics and Collectibles, LLC, located at facebook.com, backslash Atomic Comics and Collectibles, LLC, as well as at Stay Classy meats at stayclassymeets.com, where you can use promo code WIDEMEN to save 10% on your order and receive a free pound of Montana grass-fed ground beef. This show talks about NBA and covers all topics from all 30 teams in the league and includes guests from experts from all over the world. Make sure you're downloading us on iTunes, Podcast Addict Stitcher, Google Play, FM Flash, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, and more. Be sure to join in on the fun over at WidemenCan'tJump.com as well as on our Facebook group, Wide Men Can't Jump, and follow us on Twitter at Wide Jump. Now, let's go to the flagship program of this Wide Men Radio Network. Here's Wide Men Can't Jump. Well, the Wide Men Can't Jump primetime players make their first appearance here on the show. and Not uh,
2: their last. Not their last, no. ladies and gentlemen. Well,
1: apparently not. Apparently we paid for more than one session. So we'll let you know how that goes as the week goes Damn. on. However, I do want to say this. Tim, probably the biggest basketball news yesterday the Duke Devils lose at home in a non-conference game to an unranked team. for the I think it was the first time they had lost at home in a non-conference game against an unranked team since 2000.
2: And it was also the largest point spread deficit on the Vegas books to go bad in the history mm. of college basketball, I read. So...
1: Yeah, that was insane. I'm going to say, mate.
2: I'm going to get serious for a moment here. Okay. It was absolutely wonderful. I loved every minute of it. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: hey, you I'm know glad what? You it.
2: Duke has been so good for so long. They'll be fine. They're, they're, the program's not about to collapse into mediocrity. They'll be okay that they lost, and it's good for everybody to lose every once in a while. It will hurt no one. A little bit of character
1: there. Well, I mean, I think the uh, I think the biggest thought behind it is a lot of people are wondering, how could Duke lose to Stephen F. Austin? Quick quiz, Tim. Do you know Stephen F. Austin's uh, mascot?
2: Well, it, it was... <laughs> It was his wife for a while, but they got divorced, right?
1: Oh, Jesus, shut (laughs) up. Lord.
2: I have no idea. I don't even know. I got to be honest. I don't even know where Stephen F. Austin is located.
1: Stephen F. Austin, lumberjacks.
2: Oh, all right.
1: The lumberjacks. They roll in and they take care of business at Duke and... That's a pesky little Stephen F. Austin team, but they still they, they had no business winning that game, and let me tell you why. Anybody that watched that game saw the amount of fouls that Duke got called yesterday. It was it was pretty absurd how many free throws Duke shot. And um, I mean, I'm gonna pull up the stats now.
2: Well say, were they James uh, Hardening were they James Hardening it last night?
1: Uh well I'll tell you this most of the Stephen F Austin guys nearly all of them had uh uh were had four fouls if I'll tell you that much it it was kind of oh. crazy let's see here Duke shot forty free throws last night
0: Stephen F Austin
1: shot seventeen free throws
2: so. After looking at this stat, mate, one, one would suggest – hell, I won't suggest it. I'll say it. Perhaps if Duke was a little better from the line, yeah, only 24-40, of this game's not in doubt.
1: Exactly. They could make ten more shots from the line. Hell, five. They could make five yeah. more shots from the line, and they win this game. Handedly. They weren't outshot from three. They had a better field goal percentage. They out-rebounded the team. They out-assisted them. God, they out-blocked them by 14 to 2. The only thing Stephen F Austin did better was get steals and more personal fouls and force well, more turnovers. Well, that's and the, what the and game that, came down to.
2: And that ending basket. What a strange way. It really it was. To, you know, it wasn't like they got beat by a buzzer beater from half court or something weird like that. I mean, he just he yeah. literally dribbled dribbled the length of the court and laid it in. It was insane. Mm-hmm.
1: Right at the buzzer. And that was in overtime. And I thought when the game went to overtime, I said, okay, Duke will win this in overtime pretty handily, no problem. I was watching it with my sister and brother-in-law. My sister is a, a huge Duke fan.
2: so uh, well, I don't like her anymore.
0: <laughs> well, we, me and my brother-in-law
1: were kind of giving her a little crap about it because she was giving my brother-in-law crap, who's a big UK fan. Uh, uh, she kept calling him Evansville.
2: This is
1: this is the Bush household. This is how we go. So, (laughs) and I'm sitting over there going, "Well, WVU just so happened to beat uh, Northern Iowa last night." (laughs) But I mean,
2: you do have to admit, though, Stephen F. Austin is the powerhouse of the Southland Division. You
1: have to agree with that. The Southland Division hasn't been the same since Stephen F. Austin showed up.
2: I mean, look at those teams. (laughs) Look at these, these colleges, all perennial powerhouses. Lamar, McNeese, <laughs> Central Arkansas, Houston Baptist, Sam Houston State. I mean, boy, these are some <laughs>
1: you know, a who's
2: who of college basketball supremacy.
1: I mean, I don't know the how they're that, even able to get out of their conference and get to the tournament with,
2: with that. I mean, it has got to be – the biggest win in the history of that program. It can't even be close. Yeah,
1: no doubt. It's even bigger than when they put West Virginia out of the NCAA tournament a few years ago. I mean, it's, they I mean, and but, they don't even just be... Go ahead. You no,
2: know, good on them. I'm all yeah. for it. And right, I think, I mean, Tim,
1: I think that it, this goes go to prove a point here a little bit, in my opinion, that you get those teams that have the... The four-year starters, the teams that play together, and they take on those one-and-done teams. The one-and-done teams are clearly more talented. they are they're better teams on paper. But when it comes down to the brass tacks, the four-year team know each other better. Like They were completing passes last night where Stephen F. Austin, that the only people that would know where this guy was going to be was somebody that had been playing with him for years. And that's, that's the truth. And I think that's oh, why work. it works so well.
2: <clears throat> the system can get can break. I mean, let's be honest. The guys on Duke, I'm going to guess that probably the starters. This is probably what, maybe the seventh, eighth game they've played together. Exactly. Something like that. So the system yeah. is, and the system is probably new for some of them, if not all of them. And when it doesn't work, or the other team does whatever they do to halt your system, you got no. You got nowhere else to go, right? Then it's just talent, and talent will only get you so far against discipline system, if that makes sense. I think it
1: does. Yeah, I mean, it adds up after a while. But look at it this way. Michigan State lost to Virginia Tech the other day. We've seen the number ones all go down. Michigan State was number one. They go down. Kentucky lost to Evansville. And now Duke loses to Stephen F. Austin. So, uh, you know what that means to me, Tim? That means the NCAA tournament this year is going to be a bitch be to really try call. It's going to be, be a bitch uh, to try and pick a winner, but it's going to be fun.
2: That means Duke should drop from one to one in the next point. <laughs> They'll drop from one to about three. That's about if the way it lost. goes. Yeah, so, uh, depending on what else. Happens. No, that loss should drop them to like ten. That's a horrific Yeah, I mean, loss. I agree
1: with that. I agree with
2: that. Now, that's that, that's not a loss. That's that's not like losing to a, a ranked uh, top twenty-five team. Uh, hell, Stephen F. Austin can't be ranked in the top fifty. No. Probably even not. lower than probably even lower than that. I I would even I wouldn't even take a guess at where they were ranked previous to this victory. But um, um, I mean, you could oh, probably I'll find that you. out. But but I'm going to guess it would have to be in the seventies, probably, if not lower.
1: Um, hold on, I'll tell you. This is. We have technology, you know. We okay. could. You know what oh, we, we, we need now uh, for
2: again. these times when we're looking something up. We need a little What's duty that? from the. We need a little duty from the wide men can't jump primetime players.
0: <laughs> we'll have to work on that.
2: <laughs> Good <laughs> lord.
1: Oh, you love it. I, I really do. I, that's really funny. I'm
0: uh,
1: trying to see if they have their actual ranking here. I'm, uh, I'm somewhere, searching. Somewhere
2: the, the NCAA keeps trying. They, it's it's kind of hard to find anything out of the top 25. you got to do yeah. a little bit of dating. They lost to
1: Rutgers by oh, 12. That's their only loss on the season. They're 5-1. and one. Yeah, uh, I knew
2: that much.
1: Mm-hmm. Um... I'm trying to see here if they have maybe uh, overall overall ranking the team. I'm not seeing it, really. Yeah, it's hard, to,
2: it's, it's hard to find. Um, there's not very many places that keep the entire
0: –
2: I mean, obviously, there has to be one for them to compile the top 25. I mean, there needs to be a list of yeah, –
1: yeah you would you would yeah well, some,
2: somewhere there has to be something that goes further oh here well, we i'll go. tell you what um i have well, to find you it? it. Talk. yeah uh hold on here stephen f austin we are yeah. into the hundreds um wow uh we are still searching we are still looking still searching one hundred
1: twenty eight as far as it goes isn't it
2: oh no uh-oh. Division 1 has got ridiculous amounts of teams. Um,
1: um, according to this here, I'm seeing 177.
2: Okay. Well, I don't know what the, I should have checked. The, this is – okay, yeah, this isn't – no. This is this is old. This is from A- – According this to this, not, predictive this rank not,
1: 177.
0: But either way
2: – that sounds about right. Okay, but if that if you're number one ranked team and you lose to number 177, you better drop more than two or three places because that yeah, loss is unac- That's an unacceptable loss in every. It, race it is state.
1: honestly, and even if they would have won, I feel like they should have dropped a little bit. But uh, hey, what can you do?
2: Well, hey, the Duke the Duke alumni do a bang up job of. Keeping their name up there and relevant and all that stuff and good yeah. and good on them. That's what they're for. So yeah, that's what they're there yeah. for. Yeah, yeah.
1: But one I mean, thing uh, yeah. they may want to do is look at uh, suing their free throw coach because that free throw, the free throws last night were just terrible.
2: So well, maybe bad, they isn't could, it? Uh, maybe they could look at uh, hiring Joel Embiid.
1: Well, instead of that, they could sue with the law offices of Stephen. Oh, P. Yeah. yeah,
2: way better, way better thing to do.
1: Yes, New Law Office. Check them out, newlawoffice.com. Let's hear some more from Stephen P. New. Personal injury, product liability, workplace accident, mesothelioma law, social security disability, unfair insurance practices, family law, employment discrimination, and more. All this can be handled at New Law Office with Stephen P. New. It's New Law Office with Stephen P. New. You can get your free consultation today by calling 1-800-208-9169 or 304-362-7345 for your free consultation. A new level of personal service, whether you've been injured or facing divorce or experiencing workplace discrimination, you can rely on compassionate, thorough representation from New Law Office. Be sure to contact Stephen P. New, Law Office, at newlawoffice.com or again get your free consultation at one eight hundred two oh three nine one six nine Stephen P New Answers to your legal questions. Again, check out Stephen P New Law Offices. It's newlawoffice.com. Check it out. Get your free consultation. It's newlawoffice dot com. All right. Now we're going to we got a hunt? Okay. All right, well, uh, Rusty Shackelford has informed me We must uh, There's some big news on the horizon here um, He says it's Groundbreaking and um, I take him at his word uh, But we'll have to wait and see So uh, he says we're going to play something now That's going to change Wide men can't jump forever Tim, do you have any idea what he's talking about?
2: Um, I'm sorry, I'm in the dark here
1: Well, okay He's giving me this uh, the signal to roll So okay, Shackelford We're gonna roll this. Let's see what we got going on. The Lightning can jump. Primetime players are back. (laughs)
2: Look at those guys earning their money. They're quite good. (laughs) I believe. I believe that's the Simpson
1: Fox. You may be right.
2: You've heard of the Academy Awards, the Emmys, the Golden Globes, and maybe even the American Music Awards. But now, for the first time ever on national television, well, to be honest, the first time ever, Wide Men Can't Jump, an association with the makers of Pepto-Bismol, Spam, and the Sheets Incorporation gas stations of Pennsylvania, present to you. The first annual Bogsy Awards will be coming to you live from the Don Blankenship Memorial Auditorium in downtown Simpson, West Virginia. The categories up for grabs include Best Dance Scene During a Podcast, where of course the front runner is Ed Bogus, but Kate Bush is running up on like second, <laughs> Best NBA Defense, the Denver Nuggets and James Harden's beard are sure to be nominated. <laughs> oh, a hotly contested category of the NBA's biggest whiner where Jimmy Butler runs neck and neck with LeBron James and James Harden. The most, most overrated moments in the NBA, the nominees include Ben Simmons' three-point shot, Mark Fultz, and LeBron James trying to play defense. Of course, we just won't be dealing with the sports world, we will be in the entertainment industry as well, where we will cover such disciplines as film, uh, WWE wrestling, or, well, wrestling period, uh, sports franchises, uh, acting, music, you name it, we're going to have it. Uh, some of the categories include Worst worst Film, where uh, Charlie's Angels of course no uh, Worst Wrestler, where Baron Carmen and Cal- Kenny Omega hope to battle it out, but never count out Joey Ryan or Marco Stuntz. Uh, one of the big battles, of course, will be for the worst sports franchise, where the Yankees, the Chicago Bears, the Boston Celtics, and, of course, Notre Dame University, all expected to get the many, many goals. <laughs> uh, of course, what, uh, what kind of a celebrity television award show would be complete without celebrities? Well, of course, we have confirmed to appear Bruce Poban, Lou Ferrigno, <laughs> Kathy Griffin, Jim Cornette, Superhuman, Joey Janella and his little dog pockets background, Josh Brown, Little T. R., and of course, The white Men Can't Jump. Um, your host for the festivities will, of course, be Hasselby Baxner. Yes, it's oh, me. Ha-ha! No. And, of course, yes. some other categories um, brought up to uh, by you, the viewer and listener, who, of course, are the most important people in the world to the policies. Um One of the categories, of course, is best, Bogus. Uh Surprisingly, only Whitney's been nominated in that category. <laughs> but anyway, tune in this Sunday at 9 p.m. on SCTV, uh, replays to follow every two hours for the next six weeks. Oh, don't miss it—the first annual Bobsey Award. Oh, be there or be square.
1: Well, there you go.
2: The Bobsey Award. Eh? Yeah. I heard. I I've just been handed a bulletin that says that you're up for Best Bald Broadcaster. Name. All
1: right. So
2: there I like we go. It. So that's that's a, something you could win. Although uh, I, I understand you're up against your your co-host Tom Robinson. Oh, wow. Well, he was. What's that called? He was on the absentee ballot.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh man. <laughs> uh,
2: but yeah, we're oh, today, Nate. Look out! Oh man, it's on
1: right now. The Bogsies coming your the way, Bogsies ladies and, and
0: gentlemen.
2: And gentlemen.
1: Don't be, I not miss it.
2: I'm being handed another bulletin here by my uh, oh. friends at the uh, SCTV Television Network. Uh, President yeah. uh, Guy Ca- President Guy Caballero, uh, which mm. uh, some of you may know. Um, apparently, this show will take place uh, between Christmas and New Year's.
1: So oh man!
2: So look for it.
1: Look out! This should be fun. Looking forward to that. That's going to be a, a good time had by all. So, the Bogsies, coming your way before the new year. Don't miss it. Uh, it's going to be, red carpet will be out, man. We're looking forward to it. And oh, um,
2: wow. How could it not be when it's being held at the Don Blankenship Memorial Auditorium in Shinston? I mean, good Lord.
1: That's <laughs> you big You make time. a valid point. <laughs> you make a very valid point.
2: Well, I understand uh, that uh, you can get in if you bring a piece of coal or an opioid.
1: <laughs> no comment.
2: Well,
0: it's
1: no. for Don.
2: It's not for,
0: it's not for
1: the fine is. people
2: of. It's not for the fine people of Shinston. It's, it's for Don Blankenship, so he can get that. What is it? The cocaine, Mitch.
1: Yeah, he's trying to. He's trying to ditch <laughs> cocaine, Mitch. If I'm not mistaken. There
2: we, uh, there we go. <laughs> uh. Oh good lord! All right, are we going to talk about Joel Embiid now or what?
0: Uh,
1: yeah, let's go ahead and talk about Joel Embiid.
2: <laughs> the other night, Joel yeah.
1: Embiid had one of the, probably the worst game of his career: zero points and thirteen rebounds as the Raptors picked up the win uh, against the Seventy Sixers. We, uh, you saw that stat line. What did you think?
2: Well, before or after, I was done laughing.
1: <laughs> once you once your uh your chuckles subsided
2: well i do to wonder to be in you know all joking aside like was the guy not under the weather was uh the defense that absolutely stifling that the performance was that bad like there's got to be more i mean let's be honest i mean we pick fun at joel and all the time The guy's a pretty good player if not a great one in fact
1: yeah absolutely
2: How in the hell did they hold him to nothing?
1: It it doesn't make sense, honestly, to me. Um,
2: You know, how does that – I mean, was he sick? Was he under the weather? Was it a combination of that and, you know, just a really good game plan by the Raptors? I don't know. Because it doesn't look like the stat line – he didn't take very many shots. He he shot over over 11.
1: 11. He went o of eleven and then also missed three free throw attempts and apparently shot four three pointers. Um, yeah, that's In awful. View,
2: that reminds me of the uh, I can't remember when it was, it was the other day when the Rockets lost. Uh, it was the I think it was the game after where after when we'll probably get to that too where James Harden complained because Lord forbid teams are double teaming him. Oh my God, why would you do that to James Harden? That makes totally no sense. Why not just let him throw up three, said so reckless abandon. But anyway, um, and he was like four of 27 or some ridiculous thing. And I thought, well, you know, you know maybe if you, I don't know, after you went four for 20, maybe you passed the ball. Uh,
0: just One would think.
2: You know, just guessing, but one would think when you're that cold, although it doesn't appear that, like, it wasn't like, it doesn't appear that Joel was hogging the ball or anything. He just looks like he had just just didn't have it, but still a goose egg. I can't that can't happen very many times.
1: No, and and when they do that, they only put up ninety seven or ninety six points and lose. So that's that's not a winning combination right there at all. Then he finished minus nine in the plus minus, and uh, yeah, yes,
2: that that Rockets game was on Sunday. Uh, James Harden was eleven of twenty four from the field and two of 15 from 3 point range. Um, yeah, not too surprising to see why they lost by 14. Yeah not
1: not, so, yeah, not not so. Yeah, not. James uh has uh, never really been scared to shoot, that's for sure.
2: I mean, does that say about the Philadelphia 76ers that they don't really have much of a second option? They don't. That's the problem. You know, that if he's not – well, it's not like Ben's going to throw up some threes or anything. That ain't happening, so,
1: you know. We're, we're... Hey, now. Hey, now. He'll shoot one.
2: <laughs> yeah, he missed one the other night. He was 0 for 1, bringing his uh, his average down to <laughs> whatever it is now, some ridiculous number. But
1: Like point <laughs> point five. <laughs> See, tonight Joel's
2: making up for it. He's 6 of 12. He's already got 21 points.
1: Yeah, I mean are, that's something um, that that's something that's going to happen,
2: Bob. But do you think though? Now, you, I mean, don't think that not every team in the East wasn't watching that game, and went, okay, "Oh yeah, you know, all right, we, you know, maybe we don't." I mean, because Toronto's got a good team, but I mean, they're not exactly loaded with all-star defensive players either. Um,
1: but here's here's what's been surprising about Toronto: they have been able to play well. Have a positive record, do well on defense, and keep momentum going from the championship last year all the way into this year, and they're still looking good, and they've got a shot.
2: Oh, you can't, right? I mean, except for I mean, Milwaukee has been slightly better this year, slightly. And other than that, I mean, Toronto's eight. A lot of people have been disappointed in
1: Milwaukee. they Have been down on Milwaukee because their bench hasn't been been as good as they expected.
2: 14-3, Fourteen and three. What the hell do you want?
1: I I agree, but I guess it's just the the performances and everybody I mean, trying you, to.
2: Would you be happy everybody... to slap the, slap their record on your nine and eight Timberwolves? I'm pretty sure. I, I didn't team. say I was
1: upset with them. I would
2: absolutely no. Love their I'm record. Just, no. I'm just saying, like as a fan, like did they get that jaded from last year that fourteen and three is not good enough?
1: I'm yeah. Hey, I mean, I'm just eight? reporting here. I'm just reporting. I mean, they're a...
2: nine and. They're nine and one in their last ten, and have won eight in a row. What, jeez, what more? Like, give me that squad, please, and thank you. Yeah. Although my, although my, Utah, my Utah Jazz are, they're not doing too bad. They've been pretty good the last while. They started out kind of slow, um, but they're doing a little better now. So, but yeah, I don't, I yeah, don't they really. are- I, mean, jo- I mean, I guess Joel's in entitled is entitled to a bad game. I mean, it happens to everybody. Um, yeah, and they still only
1: lost by five. So, I mean, now, while they didn't win.
2: I think maybe it's something about Toronto. He does not play well there
1: and never has. I guess maybe you can cut him a little slack. He's got Kawhi fever. Kawhi What well, exactly
2: leftover is from, Kawhi left fever? Over, you know, it's leftover from last year, still, just still suffering the lingering effects of Kawhi Leonard fever could be
1: it could be what it is but if uh you're suffering from any kawaii fever where kawaii just so happened to leave you can fill the void right now at strip dot com. head on over and fill the void of your losses let's hear more from our good friends at strip Cam fun oh, are you tired of the same old average everyday lifestyle and the same old job that has you making Less money than what you know you're worth? Well, you should head on over to stripcamfun.com. On stripcamfun, there are tons of eligible men and women waiting to perform for you, and you can join in on the fun yourself. Just head on over at stripcamfun.com where you can strip on cam and have some fun. If you get there right now, you'll get to see some of the most beautiful women, men, and whatever else your heart desires. And you can take advantage of the good times being had on StripCamFun.com. Make sure you get there right now and let them know that Wide Men Can't Jump brought you over. Because StripCamFun.com is not just for everyone. must be 18 years of older to join in on the good times. StripCamFun. Be sure to visit right now at StripCamFun.com where you can strip on camp and have some fun. Thanks to our great sponsor, StripCamFun.com. Go check them out. Eighteen or older. Visit right now. All right, Tim. Coming off of Stripcamfun, you know that's always a that's always a fun time, is it not? Always a good time to talk about that.
2: Am I right? Sorry, I got distracted there by my Stripcamfun. <laughs>
1: My mind was
2: elsewhere, Nate Bush.
1: I can see that. Well, get your mind right because uh, Ed Bogus is standing up and it's time.
0: Bush, Bush Lee. Woo! Lee. Bush Lee. 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 Hey. Lee. 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 Lee.
1: Lee. That's right. It's Bush Lee. We got three clips ready to go on our Twitter page. Tim, you head over there, and you will once again pick our Bush League winner this week for the most embarrassing moment in the NBA in the past week. Why Let me know when you're ready to go.
2: I'm 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 having issues
1: here. Uh-oh, we're having issues. Uh,
2: we're technical difficulties here. Why well, we're having technical
1: difficulties, I'll say this: that Bush League <laughs> is brought to you by the wonderful people that uh, that bring you Wide Men Can't Jump." So, oh, God bless go. them. All right, we're My here way. now. It's time for Bush League. All right, three clips this week, Tim. Let's take a look at them. We'll start with our man Al Horford. Let me know when you're in place. I'm ready to go. All right. You see Al Horford. He goes in, throws the ball up to Ben Simmons for the dunk, but he throws it at the backboard. And, uh, yeah, that just didn't work. Came back to <laughs> Horford. Who threw it out of back?
2: Like you. <laughs> It was like he threw <laughs> that up like it was going to do like the trick dunk and then changed his mind.
1: is <laughs> <laughs> <Mouses laughs> on oh, the backboard, comes directly <laughs>
2: like, back at him. I didn't oh, know really goodness. Well. everybody looking at me? <laughs> That's a oh.
0: strange...
2: Neither that or uh, he, he grossly overestimated uh, Ben Simmons' leaping ability.
1: Apparently he did. But either way, Al Horford, you know what it was. That's Bush. Bush League. You hear me? Yeah, that's Bush League. All right, our next Bush League nominee, and uh, this one's another doozy, if I could say it. This one takes a minute. This is Russell Westbrook, and he is on a mad dash down the court. And he actually outruns himself, fumbles the ball, keeps dribbling, keeps dribbling, keeps dribbling, stumbling, rumbling, fumbling gets the ball knocked away off the backboard and a turnover. <laughs>
0: he's, he's fucking
2: channeling James Harden.
1: <laughs> James Harden could not have been more impressed with that turnover. Look at As you those see Harden. Moves. Oh, such dribble, such drive, such fumble. Wow.
2: And then and then a look of what's with the arms up at the end like yeah. Like somehow I I, I how dare they try to take the ball away from me?
1: How dare they play defense?
2: Yeah, he wasn't fouled. Well, I think that seems to be a running theme with the Houston Rockets and the whole defense thing.
1: Yeah, they don't. They don't
2: like when they don't play it, and they don't like it when somebody plays it against them.
1: Yeah, they really don't. And you know what else they don't like? They don't like the fact that that play.
0: I mean, that that is bush league.
1: That's bush league. All right, (laughs) our final play tonight. Jordan Clarkson does a pump fake, a nice pump fake, and then. Tries to get a little fancy and uh, nope, sir, that's a travel. You should have just bought the bus ticket instead. And he travels, and they actually call it, believe it <sighs> or not, traveling in the NBA. That's uh, that's another oh, thing, but
0: the, uh, I don't know
1: what he I don't he, know why he he did that.
2: That's a <laughs> nice just, hop in there that he makes. Um, yeah, I, uh, uh, I just I fully suspect he was he was hearing the, uh, why men can't jump primetime players in his head. Yeah. He he <laughs> <laughs> he had, he had to do a little skip to Baloo there. And, yeah. And, uh, I yeah, I think he's, he, I, he heard about, uh, you know, Ed Boggis is an international celebrity. Yeah, And he heard that, that he's just trying to get on our show to try to upstage Ed Bogus's, Um, because for those of you who don't know, um, Ed Boggis talk about, uh, Shakira like hips on those downs. Oh, no, they don't
1: air. lie, do they? <laughs> oh, they do not. But <laughs> Jordan Clarkson, that oh move, man.
2: That's Bushley.
1: Oh, <sighs> That's Bushley. All right, man. This, Tim. Is, a,
2: this, is, a this is a tough one. Tough Bush. one. This is a Three tough good one. Three good ones. Um, let me look here. I just uh, I going to the primetime players, Nick. Yeah. Go to the. They
1: do, you do tell me when you're going to do this.
2: I think I still have that on here. I do. <laughs> <laughs> what to Jeopardy, oh. Uh, I'm oh,
0: going
2: to have to go. A little
0: bit of the public.
2: Oh. Well, yeah, I'll go with that. I'm, I'm going to have to go with who is Russell Westbrook. <laughs>
1: Russell Westbrook is this week's Bush League winner. Congratulations, Russell Westbrook, where you get a two-day stay at a local Philadelphia spa. Sadly, your masseuse will be Tom Robinson, and he will have his... uh, My coat of
0: many colors. (laughs) So enjoy (laughs)
1: that rub down and getting uh, tugged on by a zipper.
2: You should have played constant craving, dude.
0: Oh well. Ladies and (laughs) gentlemen, that's that's been Bush That's the only thing Russell
2: Westbrook's gonna win this year.
1: (laughs) Well, if he's lucky (laughs) and he talks real sweet, he might get a tuggy. But that's been (laughs) Bush League for this week. Bush Bush League. League.
2: Take that money maker pocket.
1: Oh man, Bogus! Uh, Something else that guy. I, I tell you, a
2: visual that you know. I'll tell my grandchildren about one day.
1: No, we I all
2: saw will. A, I saw Bogus's first dance on the pole.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, I was there.
2: I was
1: there. I was there that he became a real man. All right. <laughs> did you oh. did you see did you see the update? on uh-huh. coming out of Memphis. Have you have you seen this? Have you heard about Ooh. this? Ooh.
2: All the way to Memphis? All the way to Memphis. Walking in Memphis. Well, uh, I'll tell you yeah, who's yeah, not yeah.
1: going to be walking into Memphis until uh, about January 12th. That's James Wiseman. We talked about that.
2: Oh, well, I thought you were going to say Jerry Lawler there for a minute. No. So, yeah, I mean, James Wiseman's sus-
1: 12-game law. suspension has been upheld, and he will donate. $11,500 uh, for Memphis after the school appeal. And he will be cleared to play on January 12th. So the You're NCAA... he have
2: to spend the holidays with his family.
1: Yeah, pretty much. But he will not be eligible to play until January 12th. So that is the uh, most little recent little, update there.
2: How do we feel about that one? Um. From Isn't what I heard, I, I got a, I got a little bit more
1: of an update on that. The, apparently, what happened is Wiseman was playing AAU ball, apparently for uh, Penny Hardaway. Now, again, this is what I heard. I, I haven't got to investigate this too much. No, well, um, we
2: got to. We're, we're,
1: and he we're. played for him, and Hardaway gave an <clears throat> excuse me a donation to his family. Um. And apparently, you know, they – coach helping out a player. I mean, take it for what it what it is. And then Hardaway had become the interim head coach at Memphis and was pretty much waiting on himself to become the head coach and wanted to get these players that had been uh, on his AAU team to come into uh, Memphis. And I guess Wiseman being one of those players, the NCAA didn't like it. Which is weird because Coach Calipari at UK does it all the time, but he never seems to really get in trouble. I guess it was the transfer of, of funds was really the problem. Um, yeah, so I'm not sure. That,
2: don't, because that never happens with any of the big programs. No, no,
1: really. no. I mean, of course it does. They just, I guess Memphis didn't grease the right palms.
0: Apparently but, not.
1: Apparently. But I'm looking at it going – I think it's kind of silly. I mean, yeah, he's playing for Memphis. Yeah, his coach was his AAU coach. Yeah, he probably got a little money out of him. But is it that big a deal? I mean, when all these other major programs, you know they're doing it. You know they are. I mean, it's it's just, I
2: don't know. I mean, you know, it's another thing where I think initially the idea was done for the proper reason. It was to try to keep – parody and that you know programs weren't buying players and i got no issue with that but it's crawled over into the absurd now where a kid can't write his name on a piece of paper for 10 bucks or yes, yeah. you know he's banned for life and all this nonsense uh you know there again common sense needs to come into it a little bit um was he you know was he gonna go to school anywhere else anyway probably not from what I understand, so where's the harm? Where's the foul? Like, it's not like, yeah. it was, you know, it's not like Duke went and, you know, okay, well, we give, um, you know, player A's parents a $5 million house so he played Duke so he wouldn't go to North Carolina. All right, that's dirty pool. But
0: mm-hmm.
2: I don't think even the University of North Carolina would care if Duke gave one of their players' parents twenty grand so he could move so that they can move to to uh, Cameron. I mean, it really, I don't know. I just, the, yeah, I mean, the, the system is broke. I don't know how they fix it, but it could be better than it is. That's, I'll leave it at that.
0: Yeah,
1: I mean, it's, the NCAA just seems like the greediest group of individuals that there is. At least that's, that's how I'm taking it, and that's how I look at it is, this is just a group of greedy bastards. That's kind of the way I look well, at it with these guys. You
0: know,
2: yeah, I mean, it's I mean they're trying to equate, uh, like as we talked about, where the, uh, the television revenue for the NCAA, just basketball alone, is in yeah. the hundreds of millions. With all the sports, it's in the tens of billions. And they're having a heart attack over 20 grand. Yeah. But really, like, and it's not really the player. I mean, it's... Like, yeah, like I said, common sense has just got to come in there somewhere. But because, like you said, this is the NCAA, and it's not about common <laughs> sense. It's about keeping track of our dollars. And we don't like the idea that if we give in on any of this stuff, that that opens up the door. And pretty soon somebody's trying for a little more. And pretty soon we're not getting our, you know, our fat cats won't be fat cats anymore. And we don't like yeah. that. So, but,
1: yeah, I can't uh, argue
2: with that. So you know what? I don't
1: know. Screw the, I think twelve games is a little know. little strong, but at least he's going to get to play and not be forced to sit out an entire year. So I'll I'll give it that. I will. I mean, uh, it
2: could have been it could have been worse, but it, it seems to me that and I, the part I really don't like the fine is one is the thing I really don't like. Yeah, they're trying to keep the suspension. To keep I, it, I understand the fine was well, stupid. I mean, they're they're readily admitting that they should be poor school students, and then they're finding him eleven thousand dollars, or eleven yeah. five, or whatever it was. Okay, that's logical.
1: Yeah, it I'm makes
2: total sense. I'm surprised the fine didn't match the amount that they were given by the by Hardaway. I
1: mean, Who knows? It may with, have. I I, I haven't really the, looked that deep into it. I
2: believe it was thirty grand. I think I read. Which, to be honest, okay. in this day and age, I mean, thirty grand is not really. It's
0: not even I mean, a car I
2: mean, certain there's certainly nothing to Penny Hardaway Yeah I mean, I mean that's not like he was yeah, I, I don't know It just seems uh, like a
1: mountain out of a molehill And it kind of yeah. seems like if this kid hadn't been A potential number one draft pick Waiting to happen and if this had happened At maybe a Duke or a Kentucky Or you know one of the big schools That maybe they wouldn't say anything I don't know.
2: Yeah, that just yeah you have to you have to wonder if it ever comes out, or if it's one of those ones that comes out when he's already in the pros and there's not really anything they can do about it anymore.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, I do want to say this, um, and this is um, something that I'm not. I don't know if I should bring it up, but I I think we should. We talked about. We found out earlier today a good friend of the show, uh, Tex Johnson. uh, He's a um, a great guy, Texas. He he made our new logo for uh Facebook right or for Twitter. I mean Tex is awesome. Now uh, we found out earlier today that his wife uh recently passed away today. And um we he wanna send so our we wanna send our thoughts, our condolences, our you know, thoughts, our prayers and everything are with Tex and his family. And uh I know he's heartbroken that his his wife was his world. And I know he probably feels lost right now and I know that us telling him hey we're thinking about you um, doesn't help much but in this time I I do want to just let it be known that our uh, condolences are with him
2: it won't help now but it'll help later yeah so I I, I will double your sentiments Tex is a great guy Uh, always been nothing but nice to us went out of his way to be nice guys like that i mean you know i can't imagine being in his shoes uh sucks crappy time of the year not that there's any good time for that but you know what i mean True. um and it's i wish there was something more i could do of substance to help the man but there isn't unfortunately but uh we'll we'll just let him know he's part of the family and uh I have to admit, I, I mean, I don't know Tex personally. I've never spoken to him except in, you know, tweets and that sort of thing. But I have to admit, my my heart sunk. I feel for, you know, that that it hurt me for a, a moment or two. And I don't even yeah. know, and I don't know her, and it hurt me. So, hey, man, we're with you if you're listening, or if you ever hear this, we're there for you. We're here to help yeah. if we can, and hang in there. Um, it's cliched, but, uh, you know, uh, what do you say?
1: Yeah, it's cliched, but it's true. Um, so yeah. And tech, and the reason I thought of Tex was because we're getting ready to go into our, uh, atomic comics, uh, spot, uh, because Tex was a big fan of a lot that they had to offer the president stuff. There's a lot of great stuff on atomic comics and collectibles, LLC, and Tex would comment on him and talk about, you know, things that he collected. He was a big president's guy, uh, collector, and um his wife wouldn't let him display the billboard in the in the house oh, that no. he had. So that was that was oh. kind of uh comical. You got a kick out of that. Uh, so uh
2: Yeah. Well yeah, d I don't know. No, I got yeah, so
1: uh, again our thoughts are with Tex, but uh we're gonna go ahead and get to our Atomic Comics and Collectibles uh commercial. Good people over there with great stuff. Black Friday deals are headed your way. Uh, go check them out, and um, I hate to bring the show down, but I felt like we needed to address that, so uh, nope. let's hear more from our good friends at Atomic Comics and Collectibles. If you're into comic books and collectibles, then you are going to want to check out Atomic Comics and Collectibles LLC. They buy and sell comic books, action figures, pop funkos, vintage video game system, vinyl records, and other collectibles. Retro and vintage collectibles are their specialty. They have fair and competitive pricing on all their items. Their prices will make you say... Oh, my
0: God!
1: Currently, they run on Facebook, and they're in the process of getting their own storefront in Logan, West Virginia. Give their Facebook page a like and keep updated on new merchandise and announcements for Comic-Cons and store opening in your area. They do ship, but only within the United States at this time. Atomic Comics and Collectibles, LLC where yesterday's memories are today's future. If you are looking for anything comic book or collectible-wise, you are going to want to do one thing. Assemble. And head over to Atomic Comics and Collectibles, LLC. Check out their Facebook page, Atomic Comics and Collectibles, LLC. Again, thanks to the good people at Atomic Comics and Collectibles, LLC. Check them out. Big Black Friday sale headed your way. Make sure you head over, pick up some stuff, from Atomic Comics and Collectibles, LLC. Well, Tim, I had a chance to talk to our good friend Brian Fonseca from uh, from the Ain't Hard to Tell podcast. And he and I jumped around the league a little bit. He's a uh, you know He used to cover the Nets. We talked a little bit about that. Talked a lot about a lot of different teams here in the NBA. Even a little bit of wrestling talk for the wrestling fans out there. So uh, this was a fun conversation that Brian and I had. And it was it was good good to hear from him again. Hadn't heard from him in a minute, so uh, good to hear from Brian. So what do you think about this one? Should we get to it?
2: El Rolo La Cinta. Right.
1: Back with us here on Wide Men Can't Jump is an on-air talent, writer, producer, Knows his thing about sports, the host of the Ain't Hard to Tell podcast. It's Brian Fonseca. Brian, thanks for coming back on the show, Talk a little hoops with
3: us. What's going on, guys? Thank you for having me.
1: Uh, happy to have you back on. Happy to be on, well, a little bit of a break. It doesn't feel like a break from life here this Thanksgiving week, but it's been a <laughs> it's been a fun NBA season so far. We're only you know, about 16, 17 games in, so we're We're approaching probably the first quarter of the season being out of the way. Um, Let's go ahead and jump in here and talk about you used to cover the Brooklyn Nets, uh, the New York area. I know that you were a big, you're in New York. So I want to talk about them for just a second, nine and eight so far on the season. They're sitting at the seven seed right now, as we record Um, Kyrie Irving, he's playing well, 28 points per game. Uh, almost 29 points per game he's really playing well but do you feel the lack of really guys around him based on what they had last year with D'Angelo Russell do you feel like this Nets team is really no better than they were with D'Angelo Russell and the rest of those guys they had
3: um I think I think they're a little bit like a little bit better, but I also expect more from their depth and this Karis Levert injury also isn't helping matters. Even though they've gone on a winning streak now, but the way I look at it is their schedule has really lightened up since Kyrie Irving got hurt, and this sort of explains the new four-game winning streak because, you know, Charlotte, Sacramento, the Knicks, Cleveland. Now, if they beat Boston one of these two games that they have, Boston, and if they beat Miami December 1st, and I'll probably be covering that game, then we'll see, you know, we'll see uh, if, this, if this thing is legit, but it's also very early on in the season. Uh, but 9 and 8 is about what I would have expected, you know, going in, even if healthy. So for them to do this with mainly Spencer Didwitty acting in the Kyrie Irving role, and he's been, you know, he just won Eastern Conference Player of the Week, and he's been really good since Kyrie Irving got hurt. I mean, in, his, in the six starts, he's averaging close to 25 points a game and about seven assists. These are Kyrie Irving numbers. You know, these are Kyrie Irving numbers this is exactly what you would expect from him. So I think that they're more or less where I thought they were going to be. Um, I did expect more from their depth, but this is what happens when you lose leadership like Jared Allen, Damari Carroll, oh, not Jared Allen, Jared Dudley, Damari Carroll, and Ed Davis. You know, those those are going to be big losses as well.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I think Spencer Dinwiddie could start almost anywhere in the league. I would be really interested to yes. see him starting. uh and that's a role that he could take anywhere, but he's coming off the bench in Brooklyn. So that's interesting. Um, I know a team like Minnesota would probably salivate to get a guard like Spencer Dinwiddie, because that's really all they're missing at this point in time. Um, let's go ahead. and You mentioned Miami. Let's talk about him. You're a big Miami fan. You said we got to <laughs> talk about Miami. So let's talk because about they, them. They're, here. they're they...
3: just my favorite team. They're just my favorite team to watch right now, to be totally honest. Like that's, at that's this the moment, they're my favorite team to watch. Yeah.
1: Um. I, I can't I can't join you in that sentiment because they've got the player I hate more than anything in the world on that team, and <laughs> Jimmy Butler. Um, yeah, I don't like him. Ever since this Minnesota deal, I'm a I'm a Minnesota fan, so maybe I'm biased. I don't know that this isn't uh, this is my show, so I can hate people if I want to. So <laughs> there we go. Um, but now tell tell me what you're thinking, Miami. 12 and 4 right now. I had them making the playoffs. I didn't think they would do this well starting out. Uh but they're doing quite quite well here early on in the season, sitting at the 2 spot.
3: So, I was looking at their roster construction as this process was unfolding during the offseason and when I saw that they got Jimmy Butler, and then I was putting two and two together because I've been I've been big on bad meta bio for a few years now, like going back to and yeah. even a little bit before that. Um, Yeah, he's great. I I love him. Yeah, he's awesome. And now he's taking that next level that, you know, many people around that team and people like myself who watch them from afar have been expecting because Hassan Whiteside is out of the mix. And that's really all you needed to get Bam to hit his next gear. And he's doing that so far. Now, I, I was looking at the roster construction. So Justice Winslow, Jimmy Butler, Bam Metabio, Tyler Hero had a good summer league, Goran Drossa. So I'm looking at it, I'm like, yo, this team is, you know, they play hard, they have pieces. Now, their role players, their other guys, Duncan Robinson, uh, Kendrick Nunn, they've obviously been better than expected. But I think that their makeup and the way they play, other than Philadelphia, I think they can pretty much take anyone in the East in a seven-game series. That doesn't mean I think they're better than Milwaukee because I don't overall. If you have Giannis and Chris Middleton healthy, then Milwaukee is probably better overall. But I could see where they would give Milwaukee problems in the seven-game series. We saw that early on in their first matchup. And I try not to make too much of, you know, early NBA basketball because a lot of weird things happen between October and Christmas, basically. And Christmas is kind of where the season really begins. But I think that they have enough – to sort of, all right, let Giannis do his thing and then shut down everyone else because they can defend so well. And Jimmy Butler being at the centerpiece of that, uh, being the centerpiece of that, he's also averaging about seven assists per game, so he's not really looking for his own shot that much Uh, Kendrick Nunn is actually averaging the most shots per game out of everyone that's healthy right now. So just watching them has been really fun. Excuse me. I know they had the dud against Philadelphia, but, again, Philadelphia could defend them really well, and I don't think that's going to happen the next time they play each other. Miami is also one of only four Eastern Conference teams that's still undefeated at home, Philly, Toronto, and Boston being the the others. And I think that's that sort of, you know, elite group of teams as, as it relates to the East, along with Milwaukee, those are the top five, and it's probably going to stay that way if Pascal Siakam could keep doing what he's doing up in Toronto, because he's been amazing.
1: Yeah, and looking at Miami, uh, Kendrick Nunn, you mentioned him coming out of nowhere, and uh, if you picked him up in fantasy basketball like uh, Nate here did, uh, you're doing all right. So, good on him, and uh, thank you, Kendrick, for the points. I appreciate it. And uh, But I'm a big <laughs> I'm a big proponent of Tyler hero. I, I think he has potential. He was my sleeper to win rookie of the year this year. He's averaging 14 points per game right now. Um, he's just such a talented player and I didn't think he was going to be this good, this quick. I thought, okay, he's a good shooter. He'll do all right, but I don't, you know, late lottery is kind of a risk. Now this guy's legit. And uh, unless Jimmy Butler crushes the kid's confidence and, like, destroys him uh, verbally and, you know, like Jimmy does, um, he should be fine. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I'm still taking shots. I don't care. Uh, (laughs) But you're right, Tyler Hero. This has been a fun team to watch. If you can stomach uh, Jimmy Butler, I love Joran Drogic. I think he is one of the most underrated guards in the league. He just does everything that you want from a player. Mm -hmm. This is a guy taken in the second round by the Spurs, you know, think about the Spurs finding diamonds in the rough like that, and he just does everything right. So, I'll have to agree with you. Miami Heat, looking good early on, and, of course, Bam Adebayo, he's a monster. Yeah,
3: He was just my that. most improved player uh, before the season began. He was my prediction, and I don't know if he's going to win that because Toscao Siakam might win it again. <laughs> and Shane Yeah, Gilles that's insane to Ganners think, think Siakam really could good. win
1: that it's insane to think Siakam could win that again after the season that he had last year. And he's already doing it yeah. again. I mean, I can't even remember who I had as most improved player right offhand. Um, but I do know that, like, Brandon Ingram, I think, has a shot at it yeah. as well. Malcolm he's Brock playing too. well. Yeah, I, he's playing really good in New Orleans. Let's go ahead and talk about New Orleans. Six and 11, mm-hmm. Yeah, know, nobody really expected much out of this team <clears> this year. I mean, even with Zion Williamson, who's yet to play, and I know everybody's excited for Zion to come back, and he's yet to to step on the court for the season. Uh, This is a team that's really building something really special, I think. You know, maybe you want some more on Alonzo Ball. I mean, he's not exactly setting the world on fire, but uh, Brandon Egram has done quite well since coming in there. He's averaging 26 points per game with seven (laughs) rebounds. I mean... If you'd have told me last year that this guy was capable of this, if you just get him out of LeBron's way, what he can do, I wouldn't have believed you, but he's tearing it up right now in New
3: Orleans. He's been amazing. Um, I have to agree that he's probably been the most improved player so far. He's shooting forty six percent from three also. Like I don't I don't know if these numbers are gonna be sustainable, but the fact that he's done this over the first, you know, um ten percent, twelve percent, fifteen percent of the season, wherever we're at now has been amazing. I think that, you know, it's also important that he he does this and he continues to do this because it at least indicates that, all right, there's more future here at this level than they expect, um, you know, from the other guys, not just Zion Williamson. Because people think Zion Williamson is going to eventually put up those kind of numbers, and it's important that Brandon Ingram is doing it right now. J.J. Reddick's picked it up lately, too, and that's important for them because he got off to a slow start the season, and now he's, you know, back shooting 47% from three, averaging about 15 points a game. I kind of expected more out of Drew Holiday, although Drew Holiday's pretty much been pretty good and, you know, Drew Holiday-ish, <laughs> but I thought that he would still, um, you know, he'd have a similar season to last year, scoring-wise. And, yeah, I agree, Lonzo Ball. I mean, I'm not someone who expected the world from him, So maybe I'm not as surprised that he's doing this, but I still think it's fair to expect more, but I like some of the other younger guys that they have on the roster like Jackson Hayes, for example, Jackson Hayes is somebody who I think could be really, really good. He's only a rookie right now. So he's only going to see, but so much playing time, but he, he has been in there, you know, when Jaleel Okafor has missed some games and you know uh, Derek favors is still out. So we've seen some Jackson Hayes and he's been pretty good, but, I'd like to see what happens when Zion Williamson eventually does play. And it could be relatively soon. We could be talking about a month from now that Zion Williamson's there. And I'm curious to see how that would fit alongside Brandon Ingram playing the way he's playing and Drew Holiday being there and J.J. Redick. So I I would like to see that. I'm very curious to see how that that unfolds.
1: Yeah, and uh, I'm really enjoying Jackson Hayes. I think that's a guy – you know, again, like you said, not seeing a lot of court right now. He's averaging eight points per game to go with four rebounds. But in a couple of years, I think Jackson Hayes is going to be one of those guys we're looking at. Going, man, can you believe that New Orleans got Zion? They got Jackson Hayes in the same draft. Yeah, um, right. That's just that's something that I'm I, I see happening in the future for New Orleans. But yeah, Zion is going to be the key to this team when he comes back. We'll see. What they decide to do with him and, and how he adapts And I think he'll do fine My biggest worry with Zion And this has always been my worry is And, and mm. people people sometimes misconstrue what I say here I'm worried about Zion's size And what I mean by that is When I say he needs to drop some weight He ain't fat, ladies and gentlemen He's not fat That dude is solid as a rock He actually needs to like avoid the gym For a little while I think he's got too much <laughs> muscle Um, he's one of those guys who I'm worried his knees aren't going to last as long as his career could. He's going to have to change the way he plays. He's such a freak athlete. He can shoot. He can pass. But he's 285 pounds and I don't know how many years he's going to have on those knees jumping and doing that every night in an NBA game. That's that's my biggest concern with Zion.
3: Yeah, I think that's fair and I don't disagree because this is something that I've talked about as well where uh, just playing that way at that size, how sustainable is that, right? You know, it's different than what we saw from Charles Barkley, who's I've seen you know some people compare him to. Charles Barkley wasn't that athletically. You know what I mean? Like he wasn't Zion, who who literally has the athleticism of yes, a guy who's six six like he is, but a guy who's maybe. 190 pounds or 200 pounds, but he's doing all those things at 280 pounds. So, I think that you know it's going to be interesting to see what what that becomes long term. And he does have some injuries going back to his high school days. And I've talked about this, you know, recently is that you know on my podcast recently is that you know a lot of these guys that we're seeing now coming to the NBA we're seeing a lot more injuries. And I don't think that's yes, I mean the schedule doesn't hurt. I mean doesn't help that, but a lot of these guys play AAU and play basketball coming up twelve months of the year, where it wasn't like that in the previous generation. In my generation, for example, because I graduated high school in 2012, and I'm looking at from that time, people were still playing, uh, you know, mul- multiple sports. Like in my generation, I was playing basketball, track, you know, um, uh, cross country, football, whatever. And then shortly after that is when I started seeing uh, high school showcases pop up in random places and, and things like May, where you would normally be playing other sports in September. So guys are now more specialized in playing basketball 12 months of the year uh, more than they used to be. And that's going to hurt them down the line. And I think Zion's a product of that. I think some of the guys we're seeing come into NBA now, they're products of that. So we're probably going to, unfortunately, see guys break down because that's what it looks like we're seeing right now. So I'm curious to see how that sort of unfolds as well. And, you know, because guys are just playing so much basketball from a younger age now than they used to.
1: Yeah. And they're pressured to do so. Um, And I'm not saying that's a bad thing. thing. Yeah. I not saying AAU is a bad thing. AAU is, is a terrific thing, I think. But the problem is now scouts are no longer going to high school games. Uh they're they're just <laughs> and they're like, oh, "I'll just go watch the AAU team." That's you know that's where the guys are going to be. And honestly, AAU is a little more relaxed than a lot of high school games are because you get to see the elite yeah. talent against the elite talent and they kind of let them play a little bit. They're you know not calling the tiki-tack fouls. They can do their spin moves and and things like that. Um But you're right. I graduated in 2008 and AAU was kind of like a what? You know, what's AAU? You know, we kind of knew what it was, but it was like nobody was really doing it. Everybody was football. Unless
3: unless you were really good. Like, that's the thing. Yeah. And and now and and it wasn't 12. It wasn't 12 months out of the year. So but now at this point, it's just a lot different. It's just a lot different. Youth sports, there's a lot of money in it. It's so much more competitive now than it used to be. You know, and I look and I see social media accounts, you know, uh, that be at these uh, AAU tournaments and things like that. It'll be May. It'll be April. And I'm like, man, we were running track at this time. And then, you know, in America, this grind culture, you know, all these kids want to outwork the other one because they think they will make it to the NBA if this guy's working and I'm not. So they just specialize in that one sport when they don't realize like, oh, Yo, if you played another sport, Donovan Mitchell played baseball. You know, if you played another yeah. sport that would actually help you with basketball and it wouldn't, you know, I mean, this is why we see pitchers get more Tommy John surgeries now than before, because guys are just playing travel baseball all the time when they're young. By the time they get to the majors after what, four years in the minor leagues plus, then yeah. Yeah, their arm's going to fall off. Cause they're throwing curveballs at age 12 and that affects them down the line. So this is what we're probably going to start to see.
1: Yeah. And that's a sad, uh, a sad fact, but that's the way it is. Money talks. And that's exactly uh, what's going on in the league right now. Speaking of money talks, the Philadelphia 76ers, boy, they're paying a lot of money to a lot of young talent. And uh, one guy finally made a three. That's Ben Simmons. Uh, We celebrated that three last week with a huge Ben Simmons three-point celebration. Um, Yay him. Uh, The number one pick (laughs) of the draft finally made a three. Way to go, kid. I agree. (laughs) (laughs) let Let me just say this. I've never seen such elation over such a mundane task. Of a pro basketball player sinking a three in my life. <laughs> Look, this would be like if I at, at my at what I do. If I walked down and put my trash in the trash can, and an arena of people erupted. You're a professional <laughs> basketball player, okay? Even Shaq made threes. You're telling me <laughs> it took you 172 games to make one three and you're a point guard, you're the number one pick in the draft, a guard, a ball handler, and, and we, we should – they almost stopped the game for a damn parade. It's like, good Lord. But what are your thoughts on Simmons and his ability to, quote, shoot the three?
3: <laughs> well, th- I think I think with people like me, that's the hesitation with picking Philly to do, you know, what – We think they're going to do this season, which is go to the finals, represent the East, play against the Lakers, Clippers, whomever it may be uh, in the in the NBA championship, because obviously Joel Embiid is their best player. And if Ben Simmons isn't shooting threes, they're not getting the spacing. Tobias Harris, yes, I know is he's a player, but is he really going to be that other guy for them? Like all these sort of question marks. But it starts with Ben Simmons and not being able to stretch the floor. Now, he did that in that one shot. We haven't seen it since, but he needs to make it viable, you know, just be able. He doesn't even really need to shoot threes at that same volume that, you know, other guys do it, but just make yourself a viable, you know, make guys have to contest you from 15 to 18 feet out. Then eventually, you know, you shoot a three every once in a while. That's really it. It's also not a lot to ask. I mean, if you think about what we're talking about here, it's kind of ridiculous. And in the league that point guards, you know, they can do whatever they want. You can't even touch them on defense. Guys are barely allowed to play defense. If you're Ben Simmons, you should also be averaging more than 13 points a game. Um, but, you know, I, I like pure point guards, so I don't mind that he has 13 points and over eight assists, but he needs to be able to shoot to some level if you know philly is going to really go as far as they're going to go especially because in the playoffs things are going to tighten up even more so the lack of spacing you get in the regular season is going to be less so in the playoffs which is not going to be good for Joel b which is not going to be good for philadelphia as a whole and they need they're going to need that and jimmy butler is no longer there to sort of bail them out from that and they and with him they almost beat toronto so
1: yeah they almost did they were a a Kawhi uh, magic shot away from beating Toronto. But one thing yeah. I, I'll, I'll say about Philly, I think their lack of depth is hurting them because they are very top-heavy in terms of their starting five. You know, Josh Richardson, Tobias Harris, Al Horford, Joel Embiid, Ben Simmons. Then it gets a little lackluster after that. They don't have the J.J. Reddick coming off the bench anymore. T.J. McConnell, mm-hmm. who was a player that I loved in Philly, no longer there. They're hurting for some bench depth. I mean, they, they traded away Landry Shamet last year to get Tobias Harris. Um got a lot of they they have Trey Burke, uh Court Maas is still there, Shaken Milton, Kylo Quinn, but like I'm not seeing anybody that's really gonna get me excited that you can set your starters down and you're like, oh nobody panic, you know, Norvel Norvell Peel is in the game, so nobody get nobody be worried. <laughs> um so that's just – and no offense to Norvell Pill. I'm sure he's a great guy. He uses his left and right turn indicators. But, you know, he's not getting me <clears> excited <throat> about being in the game and getting this Philly team going with that second stream. Because that second team, they're going to give up points, and it's going to affect them.
3: Yeah. yeah, I don't disagree with that. I think I think their bench is actually really weak. is right now is their sixth man. And um, I have a hard time seeing that a team with Korkmaz, as their six-man, no disrespect to him, is going to really do great in the playoffs. But King Philly just off the strength of Joel Embiid, I think he could do, I think, Ben the part that he should be given credit for. I like the Josh Richardson acquisition. I like Tobias Harris generally as a player, but – the thing is that Joel B is the number one option and you probably have three or four number three options. Number four, you know what I'm saying? Like so it's it's yeah, their their bench needs to be fortified a bit. I actually thought Carmelo Anthony would have helped there. Um I still think they should go and get somebody like Jamal Crawford to help that leave it out there and I would just like see that for any purposes. And yeah, I mean, I think that that's that's what it is with Philly, and this is also why, as good as I think they could be, especially defensively, because that's where I really think the strength is for them defensively, because they have a lot of guys. They have four guys who can probably make the whole defensive team. Um, I think that you know Boston, if they're really good and really clicking by that time, like they were before all of the injuries, that yeah, take them. I mentioned Miami. Um, I'm not sure that they. Not I, I. I think they could. I probably wouldn't bet on it, but I think they could. But I also think Miami's going to make a trade at some point this season because they have a lot of tradable contracts on that roster. And then Milwaukee, Milwaukee, you know, if their role players uh, step up, then yeah, they should be able to beat anybody in the East. But, you know, we'll eventually see if all that unfolds because Milwaukee, although their record's pretty good, they're not as good as I thought they would have been at this point. But then again, Chris Middleton is so.
1: Yeah, and... I'm interested to see what Boston does um, because I think Philly and Boston would be a fun series because who in Boston is going to stop Joel Embiid? But also, I love Kimba Walker on that Boston team, and he's already proven that he makes that team better. Just his his ability to be a team player and to not try and shine. Like, yeah. and he doesn't get the credit he deserves. I think Kimba's fantastic. Uh, one more thing here before I let you go. Uh, Joel, and this is a, a Sixers thing. Joel Embiid against the Raptors, no points. Mm. What's your thoughts on Joel Embiid going scoreless the first time in his career?
3: Yeah, that was weird. Uh, but Toronto could also defend really well. But yeah, 0 for 11. Uh, he did have 13 rebounds, which, uh, I mean, I guess is a plus, but that, that is weird. You know, I, I pray. It's for a Reggie Evans
1: put, stat line. If I've ever heard one. Yeah,
3: it, it is. It is. I pray for everyone who put them in their DFS lineups last night, because I avoided that. Thankfully, I actually had Jared Allen in one, which ended up being really, uh, really good. <laughs> but well, it'd be, yeah, I mean, that that was weird, but it's also it, it things like this happen over the course of a season. So it's going to be an anomaly. I feel like, um, He's averaging 21 and 12 right now. I think his scoring is going to go up. He was closer to 27 last year, and he was my MVP pick, so I am expecting a big offensive season, but look, Toronto, I did not think that they were going to be this good after winning the championship and losing Kawhi, just because I didn't think Pascal Siakam was going to be this. I didn't think Fred Van Vliet was going to be this. I thought they were going to be, a you know, a solid team, and you know, play everybody, you know, hard and things like that. But they could also defend really, really well. So I've had to reevaluate my sort of uh, predictions and look at them and be like, hey, Toronto is probably as legit as you know Miami, Boston. You know, that second tier of teams in the East—Miami, Boston, Toronto. After, after starting with Milwaukee and Philly, but um, you know, I think that the, any of those series would be interesting because I think Milwaukee. Although they're 14-3, and three, I think their role players are very vulnerable. We know how Eric Bledsoe, uh, we knew his playoff history, his recent playoff history. Although he's been playing pretty well this season, not shooting from three well, but he's been playing overall pretty well this season. We'll see if that's sustainable. But I, like,
4: we worry about
3: Philly's role players. Whereas I'm not as worried about some of the role players on Boston or Miami or uh, Toronto you know, those teams do have better depths, and they've proven that so far, but it's also November. We'll see. We'll see how that unfolds as the season progresses, because a lot's going to change. There will be trades and maybe we'll see Jamal Crawford wind up on one of these teams, which I'm not saying that's a, a, a big game changer, but for some Philly, who knows? Because they need that, you know, Milwaukee probably needs that. So we'll see.
1: Yeah, definitely. Uh, I agree with you there. Jamal Crawford will be on a team in no time. I'm sure. But, Brian, I, th- I want to thank you again for jumping on the show and talking some hoops with us. Why don't you let our listeners know where they can follow you, keep up with you, find your work, and uh, who knows, maybe you'll even uh, post some tweets about pro wrestling. I know we had a little pro wrestling talk before we oh, went yeah. and started recording here. so
3: <laughs> that, That's what we got to talk about on the show. Uh, at Twitter, On Twitter, at Brian Fonseca B-R-Y-A-N-F-O-N-S-E-C-A-N-Y, as in New York, same thing on Instagram. Um, You can follow me in the Ain't Hard to Tell podcast. You know, we do a lot of stuff there and then some other things I work on and sort of do throughout New York City. But yeah, definitely. uh, I was tweeting about Survivor Series. Survivor Series is awesome. And we just finished up War Games and War Games is really good. I am very excited for... WrestleMania season which is around the corner Royal Rumble is always one of my favorite events And I think we're going to oh, see yeah. a lot of here. We're going to see a lot of things From NXT sort of making it, Continuing to make an impact um, On wrestling for sure
1: Oh yeah Royal Rumble is my favorite um, Do you have a favorite Royal Rumble? Ooh um,
0: hmm. there, is, there is a Rumble. right
1: answer here Brian There is a right answer I hope you know what it is
0: uh what was the right answer, the right answer. 1992
1: with Rick Flair okay.
3: Yeah no that that that's that's up there for me because I mean that happened right before I got here uh that yeah. is um that's you know I've gone back and watched so much old wrestling so that, that's definitely me too. one of my favorites I'm trying to think from my lifetime like what is my favorite one this is an excellent question that you just you just threw on my lap here. Um, no, I,
1: <laughs> you know what? I do what I can. You know
3: what? Yeah, I don't know if this is my favorite one, but I really did like 2007, which ended with uh, Shawn Michaels and The Undertaker. I really oh, that did was like a that good one. one. That was a, that
1: good, was ending. a really that good ending. That ending was fantastic. I uh, always yeah. loved that one. Uh, if you ever get a chance, go to a Royal Rumble. I've been to two. Um, mm. I highly recommend it because it's so much fun to get involved and, you kind of lose yourself in the match and the counting down and you know, who's coming next. And I went to the, I went to 2013 in Phoenix, Arizona, uh, where the rock fought CM Punk for the title and uh, John Cena won the rumble. And then I went the next year in 2014 to Pittsburgh, where there was a near riot when Batista won the, the Royal. Wow. Rumble. So, yeah. Okay. Uh, I got I some stories about, got some stories about that weekend. <laughs> <laughs>
3: I definitely got to do that at one point I would say, yeah, 2007 and probably 2001, because when I grew up, Stone Cold was my guy. Um, oh yeah. And I still follow oh. what he does content wise. So I yeah, thought 01 of was the three a good Royal one. Rumbles. Yeah. Of the three Royal Rumbles that Stone Cold won, that's probably my favorite one It's two thousand
1: one Yeah. Oh, one was so good. Um, I've actually, I was able to get my hands on a, one of their uh, commemorative chairs from that event in new Orleans. So I've got that <laughs> stashed upstairs here. So, uh, and then I got Kane. That was the rumble that Kane broke the record and of eliminations. He eliminated 11 people before it didn't get broken until 2013. No, 2014, 2014, when Roman Reigns broke the record. But I actually got Kane's signature on that chair. So it's a nice little collector's piece here I've got. So, but anyway. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, <and> basketball <laughs> show, man. <laughs> Our listeners are used to this. Most of our listeners love pro wrestling, too, so it's okay. But, Brian, thanks you ahead. again for ju- for jumping on the show and, and talking with me. And, man, I'll have to have you back soon. Even if it's just to talk wrestling, I'll have you back real soon. We'll we'll oh, go let's down do this it. again.
3: let's do it. Yeah, let's do Can't it. Wait. I'm up for that.
1: All, All right. right. Can't wait, and thanks again, man.
3: Yeah, no problem. Thanks for having me. Anytime.
1: And that was my conversation with Brian Fonseca from the Ain't Hard to Tell podcast, the guy that goes around the league, used to work covering the Nets all the time. Brian's a great guy. Great to have him back on. Tim, you
2: still with me? I didn't know that uh, you two were shills for the WWE.
1: Well, you know, it was a good weekend. Survivor Series, War Games were great. So, uh, you know, hey, sometimes you got to pat them on the back. They did a great job this past weekend.
2: Darren straight. not against yeah. it.
1: No, no, not at all. Um, I do want to say, um, Tim. I don't know if you had a chance, but I, I think I told you this. Uh, have you seen the recent Jimmy Butler comment? This guy cannot stay out of the news. Have you seen what Jimmy uh, Butler
2: said? Jimmy trying to get Mr. Personality in the yearbook.
1: Like, is, is Jimmy trying? Does Jimmy just want to be disliked? Is that his, is that his
2: goal? Does he just he want playing? to be hated
1: by everybody?
2: Yeah, Does he think that he somehow or, – or does he play better when he's angry and everybody hates him? Uh, he must does think it, he does. Because it seems to be his goal is to just, like, alienate the entire team.
1: That's what it seems. Uh, for those that don't know, Jimmy Butler has come out talking about not Minnesota, but talking about the Philadelphia 76ers. He said, and this is a quote from Jimmy Butler um, the former Sixers teammates he had were unable to match his work ethic. They weren't working as hard as him. Apparently, Jimmy Butler just goes in every single day and works from sunup to sundown, doesn't eat, doesn't drink, doesn't sleep, just works, according to him. And, and you know, Jimmy is up. a hard worker. Tim, Tim I'll he's say this Jimmy's up. a hard worker.
2: He came out he's of Marquette. He's all about winning, mate.
1: Yeah, he's all about winning, but that's why everywhere he goes, the team explodes. Jimmy Butler has not been out of the second round of the playoffs. You want to talk about hard work, Jimmy? Work harder at getting out of the second round of the fucking playoffs. How about that?
2: Let's let's be honest. Uh, Jimmy Butler is a good to great basketball player when he puts his mind to it. However, he is the exact opposite as a teammate. He's, oh, a shit te- he, he's a shit teammate And I don't care what he's anybody about- says He goes to the press As soon as he doesn't like what's going on uh, He's a crybaby End of comment Quote unquote blah, blah 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 blah
1: Yeah absolutely He's about as good of a teammate
2: as Napoleon was
1: uh, To the French So if you gotta do a little history lesson there Go back on that He do- won't take over the world
2: oh, I, uh, I thought you were using a dynamite reference
1: Nah no, fuck that movie I hate that movie um, that, makes two, that makes two of us. <laughs> See, we're getting along tonight. Right? Yeah, <laughs> this good, is good. That, this that, is so weird. That. We're getting along. Horrific, um, flick,
2: that it's just horrific.
1: It was bad. But Jimmy Butler, I'm so sick of this guy with his, I work harder than everybody. I do this. I do. How many rings you got, Jimmy? How many rings you got? Well, it's Jimmy. Apparently even you're wanted, not working
2: hard enough, Jimmy. You don't got a is ring. Has he, he even won any like personal accolades?
1: Maybe a defensive player of the year. Maybe. I mean, he's been an All-Star.
2: Okay, okay, but he was
1: playing... I mean, Chris all... Kamen was okay. also an All-Star, was he, so, yeah, was you he know. an
2: All-Star, or did he make the NBA All-Star team? That's two different things.
1: Hold on. Let me look and see what we got here.
2: I mean, he might have been an All-Star when he played on teams that were bad, and he was the best player on the team since he was an All-Star, but...
0: Hmm...
1: I've got nothing in terms of
2: uh, four-time NBA. Nothing in terms of in 2015 to 2018. Um, NBA's most improved player in 2015. Four-time NBA All Defensive Second Team. Uh, Two-time All NBA Third Team. So Jimmy's got some room to improve there. He, you know, could work harder. The best you've ever
1: become. Jimmy's the third teamer. So uh, congratulations. You did get a gold medal in the 2016 Olympics, so you know, cool.
2: Jimmy, you know, Jimmy Butler talks like a guy who's been playing in the league for 20 years when he's only been in it for, I guess, <laughs> like what, year eight or nine?
1: Jimmy Butler, yeah. talks, Jimmy Butler talks like he's Bill Russell, and he's not.
2: <laughs> <laughs> he only wished he was half as cool. As Maybe
1: Jimmy Bill Russell will let Jimmy hold the 11th ring that he can't put on his 10 fingers.
2: Maybe Bill that's Russell what Bill Russell,
1: Russell will Jimmy. do for Jimmy. Because Jimmy Bill Butler,
2: Russell.
1: go ahead. I was gonna say Jimmy Butler talks more out of his ass than I talk out of my face, and that's a lot. I so I, I'm say. just
2: finish. Go ahead. No, I go ahead. Say that, I was gonna say that Bill Russell could take Carl Weathers' place in the Colt 45 commercials. He was that cool. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Jimmy, Jimmy Butler. Jimmy Butler sure as a hell ain't doing it. Jimmy Butler just
1: looks like a Jamie Foxx stunt double. I'm sorry. That's what he looks
2: like. <laughs> looks like a Jamie Foxx
1: stunt double with half the talent. Hey, yeah. he, he just, he annoys me. I, I, I can't, this guy and his mouth and, oh, they don't work as hard as me. I'm Jimmy Butler. Hey, nobody be behind me when I'm doing my interview. This is about me. Jimmy Butler, go to hell and take, and, and you know what? Leave everybody else. You just go. You annoy me. He goes in, he he, he hurts teams, you know, and he acts like he's this big shot. Okay, maybe you had a gripe in Minnesota. Okay, maybe you had a little gripe there. But you're talking about the Sixers now. Nobody works as hard as you. There seems to be a common theme, Jimmy, with everything that's going bad, with every team you go to. It's you. There's a common denominator here, Jimmy, and it's you.
2: I mean – Jimmy Butler is a career 16.7 point per game player. Oh, I'm a hard worker,
0: though. Um,
2: well, when one considers that, I believe Michael Jordan was a, I want to say off the top of my head, 30.2 or 30 point something points per game. So he's only twice as good as Jimmy Butler. Not quite. You well know, let me quarters. say this. One and three-quarter Jimmy Butler. So there's room for Jimmy to get better. <laughs> Working
1: hard. I don't uh, think Jimmy's a hard worker. He is. He's got a great work ethic. He really does. I'm, I'm not denying that. That's how he got better. Because naturally, Jimmy Butler was not gifted. He worked hard to get to where he is. Here's the problem. Um, you know, to quote Weekend at Bernie's, my old man worked hard, and all they did was give him more work. So congratulations,
2: Jimmy. You're a hard worker. Now well, you got to do more work. In the words so. of... You can fill this. You can fill this in for me, because I know you can. In the words of Janet Jackson, "What have you?
4: What?
2: what have done for me lately? Done for me lately? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, all this.
1: I didn't know you physically about, wanted me to fill that in. I apologize. Yeah.
2: All all this talk about I'm just about winning and I want to win. Well, what have you done for me lately, Jimmy? Not much. Yeah.
1: Never, never won a title. Never been to a conference final. That rhymed. Uh, I yeah. know
2: he used to do things for you, but what has
0: he done for you lately?
1: Yeah, not a lot. Not
2: much. Well, except, anyway, except an army and being nominated for a Bogsy. But
1: anyway. Yep. 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 Well, moving on. The
2: way I feel about Jimmy Butler
1: is the exact opposite way I feel about stay classy meets okay. because stay classy meets is a fantastic product, and my freezer is still stocked with some of the best meat quality product around, and I recommend everybody check them out at stayclassymeats.com. Let's go ahead and hear from our wonderful sponsor at Stay Classy Meats. Stay Classy Meats is your online meat market where you can get the best quality meat for competitive prices. Head on over to stayclassymeats.com and use the promo code Wide Men to save ten percent on your order. That's right. If you head to StayClassyMeats. dot com, you can save ten percent on your order with promo code Wide Men. But that's not all. Not only will Stay Classy Meats give you ten percent off, they're also throwing in a free pound of Montana grass fed ground beef. Make sure you get over to StayClassyMeats. dot right now to check out their selection. Whether it be pork, ribs, chicken, steak bison, ribeye, or any other type of meat that you desire, you can get it at stayclassymeats.com. They are high quality meats that you will not want to miss out on. If you like to eat well and eat clean and eat some of the best quality products out there, steakclassymeats is for you. Again, head to right now. Check out our wonderful sponsors at Stay Classy Meats, stayclassymeats.com for the best quality meat products out there, your online meat market. Don't miss it, stayclassymeats.com. Well, I had a chance to sit down with Trevor Lane from Lakers Nation as we talk about the team with the best record in the NBA going into tonight. And we had a lot. To, he had a lot to say about what the Lakers have done to improve this season and how well their bench has been playing. So with that in mind, I'm going to take it and throw it over to my conversation with Trevor Lane. Tim, what do you say to that?
2: Roll out the table, Nato. God.
1: Back on the show once again, a senior writer from Lakers Nation and host of the Lakers Nation podcast, Trevor Lane, Trevor, thanks again for jumping back on, talking about the uh, Los Angeles Lakers.
4: Hey, no problem. Thanks so much for having me.
1: Anytime. Uh, Lakers are the hottest team in the NBA right now. Only two losses, setting with the best record in the NBA. What's been the key to this Lakers team getting off to such a good start? Because here they have only lost two games. They lost the first game to the Clippers on opening night, and then the only other loss came to the defending champion Raptors. What's been the key to this Lakers team getting off such a good start?
4: well I mean certainly the the chemistry that's been developed early on has been really impressive they've been They've managed to close out a lot of really close games. I mean we do have to mention that their schedule probably hasn't been the most difficult. Uh, I looked a few days ago when I want to say they were twentieth in terms of strength of schedule, meaning that uh, that nineteen teams have had easier schedules or more difficult schedules than they have so i mean that that's a factor, but also I think that you know it's it's their ability to come together quickly and develop a very cohesive defense that's been really important. So certainly credit to Frank Bogle there as well as Anthony Davis and the other players for coming together and getting that done. Um, and then, and then LeBron James has just been, I mean, beyond belief he's been incredible and he has powered them through a number of these games. So I think it's, it's all of those factors combined to create this, uh, this incredibly hot start for the Lakers.
1: Yeah. And one thing that we should uh, look at is bench play. The bench has done well for the Lakers here this season. I know, Maybe if you look at the numbers, you don't see it. But, I mean, guys like Dwight Howard, who's come in and really owned his role for the Lakers, what's a guy like Dwight Howard uh, coming back to Los Angeles where he was not exactly the most popular guy, but he stepped in and he's really doing his job well. Uh, What's the reaction around L.A. to Dwight Howard and what he's doing this season?
4: Oh, it's it's unbelievable. I never would have imagined, uh, if you asked me a couple of days before Dwight Dwight signed with the Lakers, I never would have imagined this kind of response and this kind of a complete 180 in terms of the opinion about Dwight Howard because, you know, Lakers fans had a a bad taste in their mouths. From the last time Dwight was in Los Angeles, he left for the Houston Rockets in free agency. Uh, He kind of bickered with Kobe Bryant, and and that's obviously not going to win over fans in L.A., so things uh, things were not looking good for Dwight. Uh, he was definitely a villain in Los Angeles. And there were a lot of question marks about how will he be received when he comes back. But, I mean, let me tell you, he said all the right things leading up to his, uh, his return with the Lakers. And, you know, he's done that before. He's said the right things before. Some people were still very, very skeptical about him. But he's really backed it up with his action, his play on the court has been tremendous. He's been doing all of the little things that he didn't used to do, and I'm talking about setting screens, rolling hard to the rim, defending with uh, with energy and with aggression, uh, boxing out, all these things he's not demanding post-touches or anything like that. He's playing like a guy who is fighting for his NBA life, and that has really endeared him to the fan base. And so he has, has very quickly uh, become a, a big fan favorite in Los Angeles.
1: Yeah, and he's doing well. I mean, you look at the numbers; they're not the Dwight Howard numbers that you would expect from olden times, but he's still doing quite well if you watch. And uh, really, if you look at the numbers, only three guys for the Lakers are averaging in double figures, which is kind of surprising. But they spread it out all over the team. Like you got guys like Javale McGee with seven points per game. Uh, you got Contavious Caldwell Pope with eight points per game. Avery Bradley scoring nine points per game, almost ten. Uh, even guys that you wouldn't expect, Alex, Alex Caruso, another guy getting some playing time. And uh, he's been a, a little spark for the Lakers this season from what I'm seeing. What, what do you like about Alex Caruso on this Lakers team?
4: Um, the, the best thing about Alex Caruso right now is his defense. He, uh, about a week ago, and so I'm not sure if it's still the same, but he rated out as, the, as having the, the top defensive rating on the team. Uh, he's been really integral because when you have – so Avery Bradley's been out injured. When Avery Bradley went out, you can turn to Caruso and get a similar level of defense coming from, from Caruso, coming from a guard, coming in off the bench, which is which is a big, big deal for a Lakers team that was winning games with their defense. Uh, his uh, his sh- three-point shooting has been a little bit of a concern at this point. He's down to 29% from deep. And that's after shooting 48% from three the previous season. So um, obviously that's not sustainable, but still we're hoping to see him more up in the mid thirties. So the offensive end, a, a few concerns, but this is a really smart player. This is a guy who can pass the ball. This is a guy who makes great cuts off the ball, knows where to be, and then just plays that tough, hard nosed defense that a coach like Frank Vogel is going to love. So Lakers fans have been really, really high on Alex Caruso for, uh, for a little while now. In fact, Uh, absurdly high on him. If you follow on Twitter and you see the Alex Caruso memes and things that have been going around, but, uh, but he's done a very, very nice job, played a great role for them. And uh, then he's been a big part of their success.
1: Yeah, he really has. And I attributed this Lakers squad. I said at the beginning of the year, they didn't have bench depth. Boy, was I wrong. They've got some great players. I really enjoy what I'm seeing. One guy though, who's really, maybe if you look at it from a points-per-game perspective, not what he once was, still averaging 25-and-a-half. LeBron James, his career stats are 27 per game, but he's averaging the same amount of rebounds per game. But the big jump here, 11 assists per game for LeBron James. He had 14 assists against the Spurs, 14 assists against the Thunder. This is a guy who, really not known for his passing ability, but he is making this team better by passing the ball, and that's a, something that I don't think a lot of people expected to see from LeBron James. What do you think about his uh, assisting abilities this season?
4: Yeah, I mean, we knew the assists were were potentially going to see an uptick, and that was because he was going to be taking on a total point guard role. It wasn't going to be a hey, you know, you're going to share the floor with a true point guard, and then you're gonna you're still going to handle the ball a lot or anything like that. This was a it's your offense to run type thing. And so LeBron has been picking up assists left, left and right. He is leading the NBA in assists right now. He's dishing them at the highest rate of his entire career. Um, the Lakers went out of their way to make sure that they surrounded LeBron and Anthony Davis with shooters, and that has, has paid dividends, even though the shooting hasn't been that great overall. There have been some, uh, some, some guys who have been kind of misfiring, but he has been absolutely tremendous as a distributor. Uh, You mentioned the scoring, and it's not even really down that much. If you look at his per 100 possession stats, uh, he's right in line with what he was doing with the Cavs a few seasons ago. His his minutes have just dropped a little bit. But, um, you know, a guy like LeBron, as technically he's playing a a forward spot, leading the league in assists and doing it by such a large margin is just just super impressive, especially, you know, considering that he's 34, going to be turning 35 in about a month here. Uh, Just incredible stuff from him, and I'm still – blown away each and every night by what we're seeing because he looks, I mean, he looks like a like a five years younger version of himself. It, it's amazing. I didn't, I wasn't sure if we were going to ever see this LeBron James again.
1: Yeah. I didn't know how he would adapt to being really, as far as I'm concerned, the number two guy on the team, but he's still, it's kind of one A, one B. I wouldn't call him the number two guy, but he's doing well adapting to that role. Uh, Kyle Kuzma though, numbers a little down for Kuzma. Uh I'm sure Kuzma's not upset considering his team is number one in the the West right now. Uh why do you contribute to the numbers being down a little bit for Kyle Kuzma so far?
4: Um I think it takes a little bit of time to get your legs under you when you was dealing with the injury that he was during the summer. So he you know, he got hurt with Team USA, what was it, uh, I think it was in August. And so that really, I mean, it, it, it cut short all of his training and then suddenly he has to stop and, and really stay off his feet. Uh, he had that, that stress fracture or stress reaction, I should say. And so uh, he he really had to just stop all of his training and then he's got to try and get back into it once the NBA season has already started up again. And and it takes a little while to get your legs under you, get everything feeling right, get a, you know all of your rhythm and, and all of that sort of stuff. So I'm not surprised that it's been – Something of a slow start for for Kyle Kuzma. i say you know, looking at his stats, really the only thing that's dropped, if we go by per 100 possessions, so that we're comparing apples to apples, and not just because his minutes are a little bit down compared to where they were this past few seasons. Um, he, he's pretty much produced the same. His assists are down a little bit. So, and that's a lot of that is you know the ball is in LeBron's hands, the ball is in Anthony Davis's hands, and, and Kuz was getting it more as you know, a kick out to a three point shot or he's getting it on a cut or something like that, other than getting the ball on the wing and then being asked to create something. But overall, I think that, that it's just going to take him a little bit more time just to get the full rhythm going. You look at his, uh, his three point shooting. It's not exactly where the Lakers would like it to be. He's at 32% right now. And uh, I know it's something he worked really hard on during the off season, but again, he's only 13 games in. I think it's going to take him probably another few weeks to really get a, get his legs under him and really be able to do the kind of things that we were expecting of him.
1: Yeah, I think that has a lot to do with it. Plus, um, you know, Kuzma last year was really, in my opinion, the focal point uh, with LeBron down. So this year, not so much. So I'm sure he'll bounce back. But um, let's go ahead now. I want to look um, at the upcoming schedule for the Lakers. They've got a lot of big games coming up. You know, they got the Pelicans tonight as we're talking, um, then the Wizards on Friday, which are both very winnable games for them. Then there's a three game stretch of tough opponents the Mavericks, uh, in Staples Center on Sunday, but then you got on the road, you go to Denver and you go to Utah and a back to back, those are two really tough places to play. And then it's up to Portland where LeBron will see Carmelo Anthony again, and then to Minnesota before they head to the east coast um let's look at those games here obviously i think the they should beat the pelicans and the wizards but once we get into december the mavericks have been a very good team this year and then that denver utah back-to-back that's got to be tough um do you see anybody possibly sitting some load management in that case what's your what's uh, what do you think the lakers will do heading into that stretch of games
4: I mean, I think it all depends on how everybody's feeling. We know Anthony Davis has, deal- has dealt with a, a lingering shoulder issue, so there's a the question there of how, how is that going? Um, what's LeBron feeling so far? He said he feels great, but, you know, anytime that you're traveling like that, it's going to be difficult, and I can't even totally write off this game against the Pelicans just because, yeah, the Pelicans haven't been good, but there's going to be so much emotion. There's going to be so much energy in the arena. Sometimes that can that can really power a young team, so I, I'm not convinced that the Pelicans game is going to be a cakewalk either. Um, you've got a few former Lakers playing against them when the, when the Washington Wizards come to town as well. So, I mean, you certainly have some challenges there, but, but yeah, looking at the schedule that back-to-back Denver and Utah, that's brutal. That's a, a really, really difficult stretch for them to deal with Denver right now sitting in second place in the West. They only have, they've only lost three times and they've really picked up their, their play recently and then, of course, the Utah Jazz are, are an extremely dangerous team. Um, they're sitting at six in the West right now. So, look, getting those two teams by themselves, is that's a challenge in and of itself. But to get them back-to-back on the road, so you've got to travel, you've got the, the plane flight, everything else that that goes in hand with that, uh, plus playing at altitude in Denver, that's it's hard for me to see them get out of both of those games two and two and oh. I mean, I think you have to look at that and hope that you go one and one or something like that because that's that that's a scheduled loss if we want to look at it that way.
1: Yeah, it kinda is. And of course both places really tough to play. Uh the altitude in Denver really takes it out of you. And then there's that uh Jokic guy. Uh he, he's alright, he's pretty good. Uh and then they go to Utah. That's another that's just a tough place to play always. And and it just seems like it's a real home court advantage for those teams, and it'll be interesting. I hope that the Lakers win tonight, and I hope they win by more than six and a half if you know what I mean, but uh'll we'll go with it from there um but let's look at the roster again here. I know that stretch of games is gonna be tough, and we're really gonna find out what the Lakers really are made of here um heading into December. They pick up Costa Sanche cupo um why do you think they were they made that pick up? Cause that's um that's a guy. Into the bench guy, you know, obviously he's got some talent. Look who his brother is. There's a lot of talent in that family. Um, really what made them go out and, and pick up Costas, do you think? Do you think that was just one of those things where, hey, we just need a guy to fill out the roster? Or do they really like him as a player that they want to bring in and maybe develop him a little bit?
4: I mean, I don't know that he's a guy that you bring in, say, this season or anything like that. Like you're not you're not picking him up and saying, hey, we're going to throw him out there on team with LeBron James and Anthony Davis, because he's going to help us win games right now, but he's 22 years old. You can stash him in the G league and you can develop him. And he's flashed some potential. He's had some really solid games. He's played well in the G league. Uh, We saw him a few times in preseason and he did some good things. So this is a guy that I, I think there is, it's not just, Hey, we know who your brother is. So here's a spot on our roster or anything like that. I think there is some real, real talent here, some real skill here it's going to take some time for him to be ready to contribute at an NBA level, but, uh, but he's a good piece to have there. And then of course you've got the added bonus, the cherry on top, however you want to look at it of the fact that you're developing a relationship with the the de family. And we know that Giannis is going to be a free agent here in a couple of summers. So um, I'm sure that factored somewhat into the decision-making. I mean, look, the Lakers signing uh, uh contiguous, well Pope to that big deal a few seasons ago, when that happened, everybody said, well, hey, look, this is now their direct line to LeBron James' agent in Ridfall Paul because he's a, a clutch sports client, KCP is. So that kind of helped to build that bridge, develop the relationship, and then next thing you know, LeBron James is a, is a Laker. So uh, I, I do believe that that's probably part of it here, is developing that relationship with the family. But Antetokounmpo Costas uh, on his own has standalone value regardless of who his brother is
1: who's been maybe the biggest surprise player that you've seen this season for the Lakers so far? Like who's really, I don't want to say, I shouldn't say shocked you, but who's really been the player that stood out that maybe people were kind of sleeping on this season as a good player for the Lakers. Like they've got, of course, LeBron and Anthony Davis, but there was a lot of doubt in some of these bench players. So who's been the biggest surprise so far to you?
4: I mean, Dwight Howard has certainly been a massive surprise, just based on what he's accomplished and how effective he's been. Um, he's been looking incredibly spry. He's been the team's best center most nights. He kind of battles it out with uh, with JaVale McGee, but that's uh, that's been a really nice tandem for the Lakers. Dwight has been uh, been really, really good on the defensive end. Been good doing all the little things that the Lakers need him to do, and he's also been great in the locker room, been a great teammate. So I think that's the big surprise really on, on the season is how how well Dwight has accepted the role that he's in being a, a role player, being a guy who can come in and do the little things and not demand post touches and not care about whether or not he's scoring a bunch of points or anything like that. But, uh, but as the season's gone on, I think the guy who's really surprised in the last gosh, say two weeks has to be contiguous called a because he started the season so poorly. He was so, so bad. I mean, look at the month of November, He shot 22% from three, 35% from the field. He was literally airballing layups. Lakers fans were calling for his head. Everybody was saying, bring Zach Norvell up from the G League. Stop giving KCP minutes. Um, It was bad. It was really, really bad for KCP. In fact, uh, a week into November, well, against the Suns and against the Raptors, KCP was in the single digits in minutes. He saw four minutes against the Raptors, eight minutes against the Suns, because he was basically unplayable. He was not bad out there on the floor. Avery Bradley got hurt, and lo and behold, KCP woke up. You know, he is a little bit of a roller coaster. He's a streaky shooter. But since then, he has been really, really good, been shooting lights out. In fact, he's been shooting so well in this recent stretch with Avery Bradley out that it's actually bumped his percentage up from three on the season up to 44%. I mean, that, and that, and that was coming from a mid-20s percentage. So he has been hitting just about everything. He's been on fire and uh, certainly there's regression coming at some point because he can't stay this hot forever. But uh, just how how impressive this turnaround has been has, uh, has certainly been a surprise.
1: Danny Green, he was a guy in the offseason that a lot of people pointed to coming over from Toronto. A lot of people saw him as maybe the uh, a guy who's really going to help Los Angeles uh, this season, especially with his ability to shoot the ball He's only averaging eight points per game, almost nine, though. But, um, you know, kind of uh, not really what you expect out of a guy that had such a good finals, but he is shooting 41% from three. Is he really doing what the Lakers expect him to do, or do you think that maybe they want a little more out of him than just nine points per game?
4: No, I think this is exactly what you expect out of him. I mean, look, last year with with Toronto, he averaged 10 points a game, right? I mean, this is – this is what Danny Green is, and this was what I was saying during the offseason. I was saying that as, as a basketball analyst, this is going to be – Danny Green is going to be my, my challenge for the season, is showing people his, his quiet brilliance because he doesn't make these big plays. He did have an incredible tip dunk a few, a few games ago, but he's not a guy that is going to go spin through three defenders and then finish with a hammer dunk. He's not a guy that is this physical freak like Anthony Davis that can just stretch on forever, block shots from out of nowhere, and do things like that. He's the the kind of guy that that kind of, you know, hangs out in the corner, the ball gets kicked to him, and he drains a three, and and you kind of forget about him. You kind of miss him out on the floor because he doesn't make these big, flashy plays. He's not putting up a, a big point total. I mean, for his career, he averages nine points a game. That's not really what he does. What he does is he makes an impact in limited minutes. He makes an impact with limited touches on the ball. He's just so efficient as a shooter. You mentioned 41% from three this season, 46% from three last season. He makes the most of his opportunities. And then on the defensive end, he's really good there because he is 6'6". He does have a solid wingspan. He's stretchy. He makes good decisions there. So he doesn't make the big flashy plays. He doesn't get the big counting stats. But he's still a big part in, in getting wins for your team. And right now, he's only averaging 25, almost 26 minutes per game for the Lakers. But again, this is very much who Danny Green is, and this is him making an impact. It's the kind of thing where if you just look at the box score, you go, oh, this guy, this guy isn't worth it. He's not worth $15 million. He's not doing all that much. And then you go, you look, you dig deeper, and you go, oh, wow. He actually does make a really, really big impact out there in terms of real plus minus. He's always one of the top shooting guards in the league. He just does it in ways that don't necessarily show up on the regular box score.
1: Well, Trevor, I do want to t- thank you so much for taking some time out and talking with us. I know the Pelicans are coming up tonight, so I know you got to go get ready for that, so I'll give you some, a little bit of time to go do that. I appreciate you taking some time out to talk with us here on Wide Men Can't Jump. We always look forward to having you on and hearing from the, uh, the Lakers' point of view because I know a lot of people, either Lakers are kind of a love-hate team, and I know we have a lot of listeners that love them. So um, appreciate your time. will not you let our listeners know where they can keep up with you, follow you, and uh, stay in touch with anything you're putting out.
4: Sure. Yeah. Um, You can find me at Lakers nation. Um, I'm on there with my work being published there all the time. You can find us on, uh, on YouTube, on Facebook. Uh, You can find us on, uh, on, of course on Twitter as well. And uh, we do a a live post game show every night, every game. We we do a live show, breaking down the game and talking with fans going back and forth and that, that streams live on, uh, on Facebook, Periscope, as well as YouTube. Uh, Lakersnation.com again is where you can find uh, a lot of my podcast work and things like that. You can also find my show on Apple Podcasts and basically anywhere that you can download podcasts.
1: All right. Well, quick, uh, before we uh, let you go, I will say this. Today is the anniversary of the 20 years ago today, A.C. Green set a new NBA record by playing in his 1,000th and 42nd straight game. So if you're a Lakers fan, that's um, that's something to remember. Any thoughts on A.C. Green's record-breaking uh, 1,042nd game of 20 years ago in a time now where we're talking a lot about load management?
4: yeah, It's amazing, really, when we look at, at load management and how it just become part of the NBA lexicon that we've got a guy like A.C. Green that just never took a night off. He always, always prepared, was always ready to go. And I'll tell you this, from having done – um, I did a, an event with AC green um, that I was hosting. And uh, this was uh, towards the end of last season. And we did this watch party where the Lakers were taking on the Celtics and AC, you see him as a player and you see what he does out there and you see the effort that he puts in and the hustle and all of those things. And Lakers fans remember him fondly. That's exactly who he is in person. And that was, that was so great. Having been the first time meeting him, he took time to speak to every single fan who was there was just so kind and generous with, it, with his time. Um, great, great guy. Great record that I don't think anybody is ever going to break at this point, given that we're now in the load management era. It, it is still it's, it's baffling that he was able to, to have that kind of longevity and certainly a credit to him, his dedication to the craft, and, uh, and who he is as a person.
0: Yeah.
1: Well, thanks again, Trevor, for having, coming on and talking with us, and we hope to have you back real soon. We'll talk more Likers.
4: Sounds great. Thanks so much for having me.
1: Anytime. Thanks again. Thanks. And that was my conversation with Trevor Lane from Lakers nation. And it was great to have him on. And if you, in case you didn't pick up on that, A.C. Green, twenty years ago today, sets the NBA record, played his one thousand and forty-second consecutive game without missing a one. Green is a And I think Tim, we may have lost no, him.
0: I,
2: no, I totally. Oh, lost well, there he is. I never heard a word no. you just said. I heard, uh, I'm bragging uh, on, uh, on uh, A.C. Green. Uh, 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 that's what I heard.
0: I'm
1: Sorry. bragging on A.C. Green with his, 20 years ago today, 1,042nd consecutive game that he played. In the era of load management, a man could do that is insane.
2: Uh Oh, soon to be broken by the hardworking Jimmy Butler.
1: Oh, yeah. Absolutely, after he gets over the sniffles tonight.
2: Who, yeah, <laughs> have to play 1,043 in a row from today.
1: Well, that's not <laughs> even the record. That was just when he broke the record. A.C. Green no, broke no. the record. The actual record now What's record? is held by A.C. Green at 1,192 straight games. Never missed a game in his entire career.
2: 1,192. Good Didn't Lord.
1: miss a game.
2: That's what? 12, 13, a lot. Six, Almost fifteen complete.
1: That's nearly fifteen straight seasons. Insane. What a man! I'll tell you what else is insane. It's insane that in America it's Thanksgiving, man. What a great holiday, and we have a lot to be thankful for here at Wide Men Can't Jump. uh, As we enter our third season of doing things here, and uh, man, we've had a great run so far. We're going to keep it going. Uh, We just passed our two-year anniversary. And uh, the third year, already great guests, great stuff here on the show, and I've been enjoying it. And uh, hope for great stuff to come.
2: Well, you never know.
1: <laughs> Boy, what a happy, what a happy reaction that was! Jeez. your
2: Thanksgiving but, means nothing to me. I celebrated. I, month know,
1: ago. I know, I know.
2: It's my <laughs> no, favorite no, no. holiday,
1: so kiss my ass.
2: No, so, I like American Thanksgiving now that I'm kind of you know semi-retired because it means football.
1: Yeah, buddy. Lots yeah, of football, so no basketball games tomorrow, but lots of football, lots of college basketball. So uh, plenty to get into tomorrow, and then we start the countdown to Christmas and the holiday season. Now, a quick update on Christmas. Christmas Day this year falls on a Wednesday when we normally do our show. Tim and I talked about it. We we're going to make an executive decision. That Wide Men Can't Jump Christmas episode will actually air on the 26th, not the 25th. Who, uh, we're going to go to Thursday for that one day because we're going to get the reactions from the Christmas games. Because there's a lot of great Christmas Day games there. And we want to make sure that we can talk about that at the proper time.
2: Who, who would have stopped us Really, executive decision? That was 2-Zip. What, what, Nobody would have stopped us. I'm just letting it be known. Yeah. Oh, all right. Fair you made it sound like it was like mulled over and we forced it upon the minions, but <laughs> No, we don't have any minions
1: <laughs> no, no, we, we do what Rusty, we want
2: Well, but... it's no, Rusty
1: The minions here love it because they're they're getting Christmas off And <laughs> they don't have to I come mean, back Rust- to work
2: until I mean, the next Rusty day doesn't, Rusty doesn't know yeah. it, but we really don't pay him Yeah I mean, he, just th- he just thinks we do, but we don't And Cecil, well, he's my brother-in-law, so what are you going to do?
1: We've been uh, putting Rusty's money into a MyBookie account that's yet to be used.
2: Uh, anyway, <laughs> not if he wants that. it,
1: he's got to bet at least two grand. So, good luck, Rusty. Yeah, no I All right,
2: anyway,
1: um, we want to thank you guys for listening this week. You can check us out on uh, iTunes, Podcast, Static Stitcher, Google Play, FM Flash, iHeartRadio, Radio, anywhere you find podcasts. We're there. This has been our 107th episode. Thanks to Law Offices of Stephen P. News, Strip Cam fun. Atomic Comics and Collectibles, LLC. Don't forget their Black Friday specials. Go check it out, facebook.com slash Atomic Comics and Collectibles, LLC. And Stay Classy Meets at com. Don't miss out on that. And uh, the Boggies are coming up here within the next month, yeah. so don't...
2: Not the Boggies. The, the Boggies.
1: Excuse me. And yeah. the Wide Men Can Jump Primetime Players, we're uh, mm-hmm. looking forward to them since apparently they're new to the
2: show. we yeah, have uh, a studio near you.
1: Yeah, can't wait. Uh, they're gonna d- drop a dope ass album. I'm I'm hearing a dope I, I ass do mixtape. Uh,
2: I do have one more thing when you're done though. Go ahead, go ahead. I'm done. Go ahead. What do you got? Oh, you're fi- you're finished. All right. We <clears throat> we go uh, uh, now live to Kennebunkport for this live. Why men can't jump exclusive. Happy birthday to you.
1: Oh, Lord.
2: Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, Armando Martinez. Happy birthday to you. Oh, it's Armando's birthday. It was yesterday, I believe. Or is it even today? I'm not 100% sure, but I think it was yesterday. So happy birthday to the... President of the West Coast chapter, Why Men Can't Jump.
1: Jesus Christ, the way you sang that song, you just killed half the boners across the world singing so. that song. Oh, my God. I'm all about
2: I'm all about uh, population control, man.
1: <laughs> well, the population just got controlled. But happy birthday, Armando, our man Meg. out west. The 49ers are doing it for him. The 49ers are doing it for him. The Clippers look great. Armando's having a hell of a year. So, uh, congratulations, Armando. Uh,
2: Hope we another great
1: year headed your way.
2: I did hear, though, he still flops like Lionel Messi.
1: (laughs) Well, nevertheless. (laughs) And thanks to all you guys out there for listening. Follow us at Jump on Twitter. Don't miss out. He's Tim. I'm Nate. Tim, send us
2: home. We're out of here, folks. Peace.
1: Thanks for listening to this broadcast on the Wide Men Radio Network located at blogtalkradio.com slash wide men can't jump. You can check us out on Patreon at patreon.com slash wide men can't jump for more exclusive content only available to our Patreon members. You can find this program and others like it on iTunes, Podcast Addicts, Stitcher, Google Play, FM Flash, iHeartRadio, and more. Just search Wide Men Can't Jump. Thanks to our sponsors, the Law Offices of Stephen P. New at newlawoffice.com, StripCamFun.com Atomic Comics and Collectibles LLC Located at Facebook.com Atomic Comics and Collectibles LLC And Stay Classy Meats Where you can check them out at StayClassyMeats.com and use promo code WIDEMEN to save 10% on your order And receive a free pound of Montana Grass-fed ground beef Follow us on Twitter at WideJump And be sure to keep up with all the content that's being posted there Thanks again for listening And we'll see you next time on the Men Radio Network